This conference will now be recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. This is the weekly weather for February uh, 5th to February 12th. It's a full moon and the sky is moving fast. And we also had a Chinese balloon shot down uh, yesterday. Always fun. And the heavens are on fire, forward motion, full steam ahead. So let's get rolling. We got a lot to talk about this week. Um, and I always love when there's stuff in the news, you know, and I remember saying to you guys, hey, big world event coming, you know, Uranus and the sun, Uranus squaring the sun and a full moon also echoing what was going on on uh, the night, you know, the, the eclipses that we had last week. Um, and so when we look ahead, you know, this week we go from the fifth, we see a few events uh, as we go into the week ahead. Um, so first up was this Chinese balloon shot down yesterday. Gotta love it, you know, when we're looking at energy of it. And of course it came in, you know, they were spotting it as it came across the Aleutian Islands and traveled through uh, Canadian airspace, came into the United States. Uh, Pentagon was tracking it, NORAD was tracking it, which is a combined thing with uh, the United States and Canada. And of course we know NORAD also tracks Santa Claus. Remember in Christmas Eve, they always tell us where Santa Claus is. So we have the energy of the balloon and it came in and everybody, President Biden said, shoot it down. We noticed it in the heavens, you know, and the day after Biden said, shoot it down. Everybody's all excited. It's traveling across the United States. That's Uranus square the sun. It's like excitement, excitement. There's this balloon up there. Oh my God, what is a big white balloon? So, you know, air, sun's in Aquarius on a world point, air, fixed air, moving slowly though, kind of moving across the heavens. Uh, Eris, the goddess of discord, of course, Mars is out of bounds in Gemini. Moon is out of bounds in Leo when they took that puppy down. Uh, Ceres is out of bounds, which is the strategic approach we're going to take. Ceres is out of bounds. Interestingly, the Sabian symbol for when they shot the thing down over Myrtle Beach at 2.39 p.m., a little off, off the coast of Myrtle Beach, uh, Chinese woman tending a baby. That's the <laughs> that's the Palace Athena degree. And so it's their baby. We shot their baby down. What are you going to do? But I love this. I love astrology in action. We see at the top of the chart, the Neptune in Pisces. Of course, the U.S. Neptune is 19 Virgo. So it was kind of scoping along, going over our airspace. And we do see that sun Uranus square, which was building as the week was going on. And you know, it was shot down. Sun Uranus explode the balloon. Quite literal, quite literal. Can't make this stuff up. Um, and I, you know, one of the reasons I love astrology, man, it's so cool. So anyway, this is a great chart for exhibiting that energy. You can see there's a nice little, you know, a lot of contentious energy here with the moon opposite Pluto. Uh, was it spying? Yeah, probably uh, with Pluto at the last degree of Capricorn. But also this sun Uranus square brings us back to what was going on in November which was when they were talking about making this meeting because uh, Secretary Blinken did not go to China. And during the fall, when there was the meeting, okay, we'll come to China, got canceled. So that's where the eclipse kind of pulled in the story from the fall. And also in your own life, think about what was going on for you in the fall during the eclipses on the election day. And uh, because this eclipse was active, if there was a full moon, 
eclipse on election day with Uranus in the North Node there at that same degree. The node was the node is moved, but Uranus was there. So this echoes back to that earlier time. Also, we're having a full moon in a couple of hours from when this thing went down, and full moons help us see things. And then it comes out, well, there's been a balloon across. There's been a, there were a couple during the Trump administration. It's like, all right, balloons flying overhead, 60,000 feet above commercial airspace. But it, it, you know, this is this is an example of astrology in action. I just love this kind of stuff because it always makes me like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And of course, they shot the balloon down in water, and we saw it kind of go down. One missile, one heat seeker took it out, and um, off we go. So we'll see what happens with this energy um, of change, shift, move. And we look at it and go, all right, this astrology in action. Uh, we also look at the full moon that happened on Sunday, that happened today around 1.30. I got a text from an next-door neighbor who got up at 6 to watch the moon set. I did not get up at 6 to watch the moon set. Um, he has a dog, so he has to walk the dog. But, you know, so the full moon takes us back to the August new moon of 2021. And then an opening square takes us back to the Taurus opening square in May 5th of 2022. And now we have the full moon energy. And then we'll have the closing square when we get to Scorpio. So this is the energy of kind of moving forward. So this is a lovely new moon. The Sabian images for it are... A volunteer church choir makes a social event of rehearsal. And the sun is a watchdog standing guard. So we found out our watchdogs stand guard. They watched it. They didn't bark at it, but they watched it come across. Uh, you know, sometimes mastiffs don't bark. What can they say? But it was watching. And now we gathered it, you know, over seven feet. 77 mile debris field. We'll get it out of the water and we'll see what it is. And I can remember talking to a friend of mine who was an Air Force guy when um, when the challenge, I think it was the Challenger exploded and landed in the water. And I said something, he goes, oh no, you'd be surprised how much stuff they can get out of the water. I'm like, really? He goes, oh yeah, big, big plane, big thing, lots of stuff in the water. So, and only in 45 feet deep. So, We'll be finding out more and we follow that story, which we'll probably have a conclusion with in Scorpio time in when we get to November 7th of this year. All right. And, and whatever the story is that came to light for you today or these couple days, you solve it in Scorpio time. So and, and it started really in August of 21. We had a little hoo-ha going on in May of 2022 and now we're seeing it and then we close it up wrap it up shift focus so we also have this week uh mercury sextiling neptune now remember mercury was retrograde he's now moving forward he's now talking to the planets and as he's coming into sextile the neptune he's saying okay this is the information we're going to be working with this is where we're going neptune rises or mercury rises in this chart for this is cast for Washington, casted for your location. But as Mercury sextiles Neptune, there's a lot of communication. Uh, we did hear that the uh, in politic land, they're going to be briefing on the classified documents collected from Pence and Biden and Trump this week to the Gang of Eight, and also whatever's going on with this <laughs> balloon. Um, and of course, 
Pisces is white, so that's the other thing. You know, you see a big white balloon up there. Uh, Pisces is one of Pisces' colors is white. So we see this lovely sextile. Now, what this means for you is you're going to find out some interesting news about something you already kind of knew about. And the secrets get revealed. Mercury is in a closing sextile to Neptune. It's saying, remember back last spring in April time when we were talking about it? Now we're closing it up. We're wrapping up the story. Mercury's moving in for a conjunction to Pluto, which will happen this week. And that's a closing of the matter and an opening of the matter. Remember, Mercury meets Pluto every year. But this is a closing of the story from last April. And so, again, a lot of energy around communications, practicality. We do have Mars out of bounds still. Mercury and Mars are in what we call mutual reception, which means they can change spaces. Mercury loves to be in Gemini. Mars loves to be in Capricorn. He's exalted there. So we're going to watch for information coming forward as this Mercury sextiles Neptune. And right after that happens, right before that happens, we're going to have the moon excuse me, opposite uh, Saturn and also forming a quincunx of an adjusting energy to Pluto and also a quincunx of an adjusting energy to Vesta. That's what's called the finger of God. So we're going to watch with this news announcement on Monday afternoon, Monday the 6th, and be like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. So you're going to get some important news with this finger of God forming. Uh, and so kind of pay attention and it'll be tied a little bit to the spring but it'll also, April 12th, but it'll also be tied to what you're working on now. So that's that energy. Next up, we have Vesta entering Aries, and Vesta's been in Pisces, all mellow and floaty and designing. And as she goes into Aries, she gets fast, she gets quick, she gets speedy. Now, I was, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I was recently on a cruise, and one of the women on the cruise does a lot with Vesta as a spiritual uh, purpose. And we do think of her as the Vestal Virgins. I kind of think of her as the home, you know, the Vesta tends the hearth. But as she goes into Aries, this is a really good time to initiate diets, to initiate changes to your body, to really treat your body as a spiritual temple. Notice the moon is in Virgo as she enters uh, Aries. And so Vesta as a spiritual practice. So if we think of your food and your body as spiritual, this is an excellent energy when Vesta enters Pisces. Remember, she takes a few years. I think she's four years to go around the Zodiac. And she was retrograde most of the fall. Remember, we had the back and the forth and the back and the forth. Now she's in Aries. So she's feisty and fast moving, and she's wanting to clean your house, your body, your temple. A lot of times people do fasts uh, when Vesta enters a new sign. So that's definitely that. And Cassandra Butler, who is the, one of the astrologers on the cruise, was talking about Vesta as your spiritual path. So this is an energy of fast energy. And of course, in the old days, Vestal virgins, Vestal, they tended the temple. They kept the fires going. And you can see her symbolism is fire. But we also want to watch a little bit on the February 7th. We want to watch a little bit for fires because we see Vesta entering the sign of fire, and then we see these planets, there's a few of them in fire, which can kind of pump the fire energy up a bit. Um, so we kind of want you to just be careful with your candles, but also with this Vesta in a fire energy, um, you know, it's about where we initiating a new cycle because it's entering Aries, going across the equator because it's entering Aries in terms of its journey towards uh, the Tropic of Cancer, 
in a few months. So the energy is very much initiating and beginning. So helpful for uh, all sorts of initiating and beginning projects. Next up, Venus sextiles Uranus. So here we have our lovely, lovely little Venus. She sextiles Uranus. Now remember, she does this every year. But most important, Uranus is still on a world point. So we know this is going to be some big deal announcement. That's happening Wednesday morning when Venus sextiles Uranus, and maybe even a little bit before. But as that energy kind of speaks to say, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. We still have Vesta on a world point, but Uranus is angular on a world point. So we can expect unexpected news in out of Washington, but also the moon in Virgo high encourages us to think of um, our process, our procedure, what we're doing and how we're gonna work with that energy. And again, we're seeing the planets, you know, kind of, starting to separate out a little bit as they're moving along, but we're also working with that uh, energy of connection as the Venus works in a harmony of harvesting, closing sextiles harvest. So think back to last uh, May when Venus met Uranus and started a new year long cycle. Now she's harvesting that energy and saying, okay, let's bring it out. We still, this week have the moon out of bounds, I'm sorry, Mars out of bounds, Pallas Athena, who's answering to the moon, here she is, out of bounds, and Lilith in Leo, out of bounds. So we're still working with some pretty intense out of bounds planets, and we still have the dance with Mercury and Mars in mutual reception as Mercury comes in for its landing with Pluto. So we're gonna watch for sudden unexpected changes that are usually gonna be something you want because Uranus is on a world point in, in Venus's sign and Venus is exalted in Aries, or I'm, I'm sorry, Venus is exalted in Pisces and kind of saying, hey, you know, what are we doing? Where are we going? And Venus rules that North Node in Taurus. So we're gonna watch for some interesting communication energy to take place and also some interesting energy around money and your values and your purpose. And also it's got the sextile energy. So it's going to be results of actions taken, which is always helpful. So kind of watch for that. That happens on Wednesday. And next up, we have Mercury joining Pluto. Now this one's a little tougher. Mercury and Pluto are buddies. Mercury is one of the few planets that gets to visit Pluto in his house. Think of Pluto as your hoarder friend and Mercury gets to go into the Pluto's house and see it. And he gets to go in and hang out with Pluto, right? That's part of his job. And then he brings the souls to the underworld. And he of course does message, sends messages out. You know, Pluto gives him a message and he brings it up above earth. I had a really good friend when I was younger who was the same age as my dad. He, was, he sat next to me when I first started working at uh, Control Data. We were in sales, we were both tech at that point. Um, and Roy was a bit of a hoarder. I mean, his apartment was a little scary. I'd never really been to a hoarder's apartment before. <laughs> but you kind of would go in and go, like, well, where do you, you know, where do you sit? So this is a great opportunity for hoarders to come into the news because Mercury-Pluto is a hoarding energy. It's also a great opportunity for information about taxes, information about Plutonian matters to be revealed, secrets, Mercury-Pluto is in the ninth house, which is the house of indictments 
and the Justice Department. And Mercury, of course, rules paper. And Mercury is joined to Pluto, which rules power dynamics. So this is a very good energy for power dynamics to get paper served to them. So we'll see what happens. We do see Mars out of bounds on the ascendant for this guy. And I'm looking at this as some kind of judicial ruling. It's too early for the Supreme Court to be ruling, but we'll watch what comes in with this Mercury-Pluto conjunction. Now remember, Mercury meets every planet during the course of the year, but this is the time when Mercury is connecting with Pluto and saying, okay, now remember Pluto's been in Capricorn, you know, for um, since 2008, and he's shifting into Aquarius this year. And then next January, he shifts into Aquarius. So this is the last time, or one of the last times, the two of them are gonna meet up. I mean, Mercury's still gonna have aspects to Pluto this year, but this is kind of a, you know, let's say goodbye. So this is also a goodbye energy, you know, where you may say to people, okay, I think I need to leave, or I think I need to go. Remember, we still have Uranus on a world point here, back to November timeframe when he was dancing on, it seems like Uranus has been 14, 15, just parked on that point. So it's very much all the changes we've been having in terms of our life, but also as Mercury meets Pluto, that's a big, important message. So you're gonna watch where this is happening in your chart. It's gonna be February 10th. And because the sun is up here next to Saturn, this can definitely be information or messages about endings. So medical, definitely, news of endings, news of stuff finishing, uh, also very strong energy around communication that's important. And remember, Saturn is about to leave Aquarius. This He leaves it on May 5th or May 6th, depending on where you live, and goes into Pisces. And Saturn has been in Aquarius and Capricorn for the last five years, his favorite signs, and he's leaving. So there's kind of a, you know, a sadness, a little melancholy, you know, if you're a little depressed, this is when it peaks, you know, I've got some people I've been talking to have really been processing on a very deep level around emotional old stuff, old memories, old ideas. You know, I think of when I see this Mercury Pluto, that song Adam Levine wrote when his man, I believe it was his manager died, memories bring back memory, bring back you. This can be hearing from old people, the people that you know, uh, communications from folks. Um, one time when I had this, I got a letter that someone had sent me that had gotten lost in the mail for two years and it appeared in my mailbox. And I'm like, oh, so I called them and I said, hey, you know, I got this letter. Um, it just arrived and they were like, oh, okay. And they had thought I'd gotten mad at them because of what they said. And I'm like, no, I just got it. You know, I'm responding to you here. So this Mercury-Pluto energy has a quality of ending. It also has a quality of important communications. It also has a quality of communications around power dynamics. A lot of times this kind of energy is a settling of lawsuits. And remember, Mercury is been retrograde, clearing his shadow. Uh, he clears it on the 12th, right? So he's almost cleared his shadow. Mars is, um, still working on his shadow through the end of May. So watch for important communications on February 10th. Next up, Mercury enters Aquarius, one of his all-time favorite signs.
and he finishes the conversation with Pluto. He enters Aquarius where he is exalted and happy, and he's answering to a really nice and strong Saturn. The Saturn's in Aquarius, his favorite sign. Mercury is supercharged when he is in Aquarius. He also then is moving, ruling the Mars in Gemini. So now they're not in mutual reception anymore, but Mars in Gemini uh, is with Mercury in Aquarius. Mars and Mars is very gets very strategic in his thinking, whereas before he was Capricorn, reliable, dependable. This is what we got to do. Now he's kind of going, let me take a big picture look. So we're going to find ourselves sitting back a bit next weekend on Saturday when Mars goes, oh, OK, huh? Well, maybe I should think of that in a different way. And remember, Mars is still working his retrograde. So he's back where he was in September time frame kind of activating the story from then. And as he goes up to 25, which he gets to at the end of March, he's still out of bounds. So Mars is just craziness. It's why everything's so big and volatile and we have to do everything two times. And oh, there were two balloons. Oh, and there were balloons under Trump. Oh, and there were documents in Trump. Oh, there were documents in Biden. Oh, there were documents in Pence. It's like Mars and Gemini. He's like, I got paper all over the place. <laughs> So that Mars in Gemini, you just go, if I haven't done it twice, I'm not done yet. But as Mercury shifts into Aquarius, you're going to start counting. Have I done it? Yeah, I've done it twice. Okay, I'm good to go. And Mercury loves Aquarius. He's very smart, very strategic, very big picture, gets jumped off the rock. He's hang gliding down that cliff. You ever seen those hang gliders? They run off, they jump off the rock and they fly down the fly down the valley. That's what Mercury just did. He just jumped off the rock of Capricorn and took off, which also makes me think that Mercury and Capricorn uh, conjunction could be a goodbye speech. Like, goodbye, I'm leaving now, so long. And then he jumps off the cliff and he goes, bye-bye, so long. And then the sun comes to Saturn in, a, in five more days. That's next week. But Sun-Saturn is also an ending, which again happens every year. But it, when it comes to Saturn, it's a somberness and a conclusion. So that's next week. But this week, Mercury jumps off the cliff and goes, bye, and leaves. Think Roadrunner. You know, remember the that, that energy. And also Earth to air taking off. All right. Um, we look at the aspects for the week. Okay. The sun goes from 17 Aquarius to 24 Aquarius. Um, and we already talked about its aspects of uh, that it has, but it also has a hard aspect to the note of fate, stressful aspect to the note of fate on February 11th, which is very much a releasing energy. Sun says, okay, let it go. You know, think Idina Menzel singing song from Frozen, let it go, let it go. Sun also parallels Saturn. Now it hasn't met Saturn by declination zodiacally, but it meets Saturn by intent, which means it makes a decision about what it's gonna end next week, it meets Saturn on February 12th. On, um, uh, yeah. So it's got this meeting with, with Saturn on February 12th next Sunday, and it says, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Um, Mercury this week runs from 24 Aquarius to three, or 24 Capricorn to three Aquarius. And of course it has that conjunction to Pluto and it enters into Aquarius. It also has an argument with Eris, the goddess of discord, bright and early on uh, February 6th. So that can be a little bit of a contentious, 
crabby energy, and Mercury also is sextile to Neptune, which gives a, a sense of dream. So think of Mercury first in a mood to talk to Neptune about the dream, which we talked about, and then she comes to Eris and she goes, I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. You can't make me. It's a closing sextile, however. So it's a psychological integration. So whatever Mercury finds out, it's going to make new decisions. And of course, later in the week, it meets with Pluto and goes, mm -mm -mm. so this is a week for deciding for folks, really people figuring things out. Mercury also has what we call a sesquiquadrate with Mars on the uh, on the on February 9th. And sesquiquadrates give us a stressful energy, so stressful energy around decision making. And then he meets up with Pluto, and then he jumps into the jumps off the cliff. So Mercury's busy this week. When he enters Aquarius on the 11th, he's like bye bye, and he's gone. And then right at the end of the week on the 12th, he meets up with Vesta, the home and hearth, and he says, okay, let's go forward. Now, interestingly, the 12th, you want to look for things for your home and hearth that make your house look beautiful because Vesta's in Aries and Mercury's in, in Aquarius. So what's inspirational? So in my case, you know, I'm in Florida now, uh, there is a uh, art show going to take place in downtown St. Pete on the weekend. So I'm going to go see it. Uh, on the 12th. So watch for opportunities to improve your home. And when you're looking at your calendar, go, oh, that could be interesting. Um, February uh, Venus this week goes from 12 uh, Pisces to 16 Pisces. She's not going that fast, but she has this, uh, the sextile to Uranus that we talked about. And she also has the semi-square to Pluto. So the semi-square to Pluto gives her a little bit of stress. That's going to be on Tuesday, Wednesday rather. Um, Tuesday night into Wednesday. So she's a little anxious, but then she takes action and makes the changes that she needs with that sextile on the world point. And also because it's Venus, we can watch for women. We can watch for uh, new news and announcement uh, about women and the music and connection. So Beyonce, very good, um, good music lady uh, announcing her tour. So we'll see if there's some female energy announcing a change when we get to February 8th, because it's got a feminine energy of change. Um, Mars this week, quiet, not moving a lot. He does have quintile to the home and hearth on the 8th, and he does have a quintile to the south node of releasing on the 11th. So that's kind of like, okay, I'm kind of done with this home and hearth thing. I'm going to let that go and maybe change it here. So that can be a trip to goodwill or a trip to say, you know, that was good, but I don't really want it anymore because remember Mars is in Gemini out of bounds and you have two of them and you go, I don't need that one, maybe this one. So there's an energy of releasing, making deals, making accommodations. Well, how about if we do this and then I won't do that. So that's a very good aspect for getting a job offer or getting some kind of proposal or making an offer on a house and then saying, okay, we're going to go. Uh, Jupiter this week, quiet. He does have an aspect to the nodes of fate on February 7th that's stressful, that he's not happy about. Uh, and so that energy is pretty strong when Jupiter's in his aspect to the node um, and asking for adjustments and also looking at letting things go. We also have Saturn uh, in only aspect he has is a square to, semi-square to Juno around partnership, that's today, February 5th. And um, Uranus has an aspect to changing your home 
that's going to be February 8th. And then, of course, we talked about um, Vesta entering Aries, which is a shift. And that's the aspects for the week. Now, because all the planets are moving forward, it's going to feel like everything goes quickly this week because it is going quickly because it's full steam ahead for all the planets until Pluto stations to go retrograde in Taurus time. So it's a forward motion. Um, so this week today, the moon is, we had the full moon uh, this afternoon at 129. To get up at six in the morning, you can see it. <laughs> I didn't up at six in the morning because it's setting. Um, we also have the uh, moon is in Leo and it goes void at 9.15 a.m. on Monday the 6th and it's void all day. And the moon goes void with the opposition to Saturn, which is an ending energy. And then it goes into Virgo at 4.14 p.m. East Coast time. So it's in Virgo Monday afternoon and all, day, all night Monday. It's in Virgo on Tuesday. It's in Virgo on Wednesday. It's in Virgo until 1.40 a.m. on Thursday morning, bright and early, Wednesday, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, when it goes void with a trine to Pluto. So I have a good friend who's Virgo coming to visit this week, coming in on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to seeing her. And then moon is void um, with a good closing aspect. So we should have fun. On the 9th, moon is void just for a couple hours and it goes into Libra at 3.47 on the 9th. And it's in Libra all day Thursday, all day Friday, Saturday. It goes void at 11.41 a.m. And the moon goes void with a square to Pluto, a psychological integration. Not easy, not easy. It's void for a couple hours, and then it goes into Scorpio at 1.34 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. It's in Scorpio Saturday afternoon and evening, all day Sunday. Monday goes void at 6.52 p.m., with a sextile to Pluto. So Saturday afternoon, evening, Sunday all day, Monday through most of the day till 6.52, happy moon. Very happy, getting things accomplished, doing things. And then it's void and it goes into Sag Monday night, 8.31 p.m. So when we're looking for intense days, we're gonna be looking at the um, intense days would be Tuesday, the 7th, because there's a moon is in a little bit of stressful energy with Mars and Venus, but it ends well, so that's always good. And then uh, Wednesday, not too bad. Thursday, pretty clean. Friday, a lot of adjusting energy on Friday with the Libra moon, and also a lot of stress on Saturday in the afternoon when the moon has a square to Pluto and a square to Mercury. So that's kind of stressful news or stressful information on the 11th. Not again, not these are not like really hard days, so we're not having particularly intense energy, but we are having with that Sun Uranus and the Mercury Pluto, we are going to be getting some news that we might not like to hear. Um, but that's okay, you know, what we're doing now because of the changes in the planets and because we're full steam ahead with that Mars out of bounds, you've already thought of it. You thought of it between now and November 7th, November 6th. Now you're implementing. And then you may be reconsidered from November 6th to last week. But now Mars is going forward and he's like, you have to take action on this. Mercury and Capricorn, think about what it is you wanna do. When Mercury goes into Aquarius, you're gonna say, this is what I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna be shifting my focus. 
So as Mercury shifts, we're all going to go, I used to do that, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to go do this because Mercury's shifting into a sign that he wants to commit to and do wants to be free of, he wants to go be free. He's breaking the shackles of Mercury and Earth. He's breaking free. And he's saying, I, I need a different, I need a different thing now. And that's going to make Mars free to speak. And Mars free is going to be an air sign brining the Mercury over the next few weeks, giving Mars permission to change direction. Now remember, <laughs> somebody wrote and complained that I'm too mean to Mercury and Mars and in Gemini. When Mars, when Mercury changes, the, the reason we watch these planets is when Mars right now is answering to Mercury. And whenever Mercury changes sign, Mars has a new way of communicating. So when he leaves Capricorn behind this week, he's delivering some tough news, but then he's going, but this is how freedom happens. And so when he shifts into air, suddenly Mars in Gemini shifts out of being in Earth, bump, 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 and he takes off. So remember when you're on a plane and the plane starts speeding up and the wheels are going and you're kind of bumping along and you're in the chair, I'm not an easy flyer, and you're hanging out of the chair. In my case, I'm saying Hail Mary's, Hail Mary. And, and the, the plane then takes off and suddenly it's smooth. That's what's gonna happen this week. Mars is in Mercury and Capricorn taking off or coming in for a landing and you hit the ground and go bump, 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 and then he hits the brakes and you go, whoa. And then you taxi gently to the gateway. We're changing direction this week. It's going to be fun. All right. Cup full of stars. I do an astrology service where I give you six to 10 minutes. Lately, I've been running a little long winded of timed aspects sent to you directly. And I've been choosing a song for the day in addition to it. $17 a month. Sign up at Patreon. We also still have the podcast on my website available for the intentions for 2023. What's going to happen in each and every month, how to work with those energies. You get two hours, 121 slides, overview of the year ahead, the change of Jupiter and Taurus, Saturn and Pisces, Pluto and all big. These are all big changes. Nodes of fate shifting into Aries and Libra, initiating energy. All the ingresses, stations, retrogrades, energy about the Venus star point we're having in August, charts of the new and full moons, and an analysis of each month, as well as the pages of important dates and how to work for it, work with it. Website, $35. Next, I'm going to be in NCGR in March, two weeks, two weekends, three weekends from now. Uh, we're going to be working at the Nova Southeast University. This is sponsored by the NCGR Florida Atlantic chapter. And we're going to talk about the upcoming Saturn and Pisces and Pluto and Aquarius lectures. This is for, it's a hybrid workshop. You can come online in your couch, or you can show up at the room 3301 at uh, Nova University. Um, and next up, uh, OPA sponsoring a, con a conference for techniques. You're going to have 12 different astrologers giving you techniques to use to analyze charts. So it's a great little grab bag of different ideas. Uh, and then, of course, NORWAC, the wonderful conference, 39th year, also a hybrid. You can come in person or you can attend on your couch in Seattle. And then last but not least, in Omega, uh, the, first, the last weekend in June, over 4th of July weekend, 
um, that with me, Lynn Bell, uh, Rick Levine, Maurice Fernandez, and the lovely Rachel Lang. So hopefully you'll join us and we're going to be talking about the consciousness and the shift and how we can use those energies. And that's an in-person on campus. Uh, and that's it. Hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with the energy and what to do with it in the week ahead. And I'm Ann Orley signing off here from the turquoise desk overlooking Boca Ciega Bay. I'm gonna go out and see if I can see the full moon and wishing you a very good, good week. And we're off to the races. The, the planets are moving quick. Mercury's going into air, makes him very fast when he's in air. He's been slogging around in earth for a few months now. He's gonna be really happy to get out of earth into air and then he's taking Mars with him. So the boys are gonna have a good time. Take care, bye.